If you're still in your seats, I would encourage you to grab uh, your Bible and turn with me in it to James chapter 1. During our uh, late summer, we've been working our way through uh, Jesus' brother James' letter. We have one more week left next week. But this morning we are uh, reading James 1, 22 through 25, and then chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the way that it reflects to us who you are and helps us to see ourselves. Sometimes we don't always like what we see. But we, we need your help this morning, God, to be in tune with the reflection you want us to see, who you want us to be like, and what you want us to do. So we pray that your spirit would move in our hearts, minds, and lives. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Chapter 1, verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. For anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and, after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And skipping down to James chapter 2, verse 14. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food, and if one of you says to them, go in peace, keep well, warm, fed, warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Well, show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. For you believe that there's one God. Great! Even the demons shudder, believe that and shudder. You foolish person! Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his action were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that said, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. For in the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. This is the word of the Lord. It is easy to forget what we look like, but it is even easier to forget who we look like. Thursday afternoon, I was waiting in line at BioLife. Normally, the wait in this part of the line is about 20 to 30 minutes. 
there seemed to be some additional training going on. There was a manager with a clipboard and everybody was kind of on edge. And this part of the wait had moved from 20 to 30 minutes to an hour. Now, I usually don't mind that because I've got a, a book that I bring along and I, you know, sort of read while I'm waiting and maybe make some conversation and think, wouldn't it be nice if I was given the opportunity to share the gospel? Well, that day I had a book, a red cover, and the title of the book was Hope in Times of Fear by Dr. Timothy Keller. And so I was reading it, getting slightly perturbed and sort of dazing as I'm waiting in line because nothing is happening. When all of a sudden the gentleman standing next to me says, what are you reading? I hope not with my face and my body language, but inside of me I was incredibly incredibly annoyed. Just leave me alone and let me read my book. I'm already late. I'm already annoyed. I'm already getting perturbed. There is nothing worse than waiting in line knowing that nothing is happening. And yet, the gentleman asked not once, but he showed interest. And so we got to talking about my book, about what book he was reading, about issues of faith, about what motivates us. And the whole time I'm thinking, this is just not going, this is just not going the way that I want. I was so forgetful, so lost in my own thoughts, so lost in my own waiting that I forgot to pull out my business or my wallet where I keep a business card so people can know who I am and what I do and where I do uh, uh, my job, right? Needless to say, the spirit was not missing this opportunity. So while I walked off to my section after finally having gone through the line, and this gentleman walked off to his section, he called after me, tracking me down and says, hey, do you have a card so I can know where you go to church so I can come? Okay. (laughs) It is easy to forget what I look like. Whether the freckles around my nose go down to here, all the way out, where the big freckle gets found, whether they change color, where the wrinkles are beginning to form, it's easy to forget what I look like. It is even easier to forget who I look like. So I make my way back to the section. I'm uh, sitting in the bed. I've got my arm ready to go. And everyone, of course looks like this. Well, we are all getting hooked up, and of course, that's what's going on here too, but of course, it's a slow day. It's a long day. There's a long wait, and it is evident that the heat outside has transferred to the heat inside, and people are ticked. This is like 131 going down to one lane and then an accident happening in the work zone kind of ticked. So thankfully the spirit has awakened in me that something more is going on. So I go to the section at least somewhat aware of my surroundings. And as I'm sitting there having small talk with the person across who is a new donor, very uneasy about what's happening, talking through things, I look to my right and something is clearly going wrong. 
quickly stand up, call for help. Nurses come over, three nurses, the entire healthcare team in the building is now helping four people in the section where I am. And you can imagine if things were slow before, they have now completely shut down because we have people who have passed out and who are in real danger. And so I move sections, and as I'm walking around and I'm looking out, I'm thinking, this place is going to come unglued. And I couldn't help but think of the text for today. About looking in the mirror and remembering who we are. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at their face in a mirror and then immediately looking at themselves goes away and immediately forgets what it looks like. Got back to the section, the new section, and there's a new donor next to me and his phone had died and so it was an incredible opportunity to chat. And so we talked about his eight, nine-year-old uh, kids. He's got a, a pool that he was looking forward to go swimming in because it was so hot. Never would have had that opportunity otherwise. The person who was going to stick me, she's got tattoos. Only one of them you could see uh, through her robe. And so we got to talking about all of those and what they meant and why they were important to her. And all of a sudden, this one little section of beds became an oasis of patience and smiles and laughter in a building of anger, impatience. It is easy to forget what we look like. To forget if our hair has been done perfectly. It's why we have little things in our purses that we open up to make sure. It is easy to forget if we've put an eyeliner on and done our eyelashes. It is easy to forget whether or not we've put the nose trimmers in this week and done our ears. It is easy to forget all of that. It is even easier to forget who we look like. We pull up our smartphones and we log into social media and we're on Facebook or we're on Instagram and we're reading about all of the chaos out there and reading about all of the anger and all of the opinions and all of the rhetoric and everything ratchets up inside of us. It is easy to forget that the voice that spoke out over the chaos the voice that said, let there be light, and there was, is the same voice that just a few moments said, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that same voice speaks to us. And the truth is, that in the world we live, if we could be little oases of baptismal water, 
where the truth of God takes chaos and brings order. Takes darkness and brings light. Because the spirit that hovered over the waters is the same spirit that lives inside of us, speaking gently and whispering the words, do not forget who you look like. Because the truth of James, the truth of the passage here, is that the face we see when we look in the mirror is not our own. The face we see in the mirror is Jesus' face. It's the scarred hands of Jesus we see. The one who has perfectly lived the law to give us freedom. The face we see when the mirror is held up to us and the reason we so quickly miss it is we're trying to see our own face instead of his. And yet the world needs us not to reflect ourselves, but to reflect him. And so if you even, even if you forget who you are and what you look like, may you remember who God has made you to be because you look like him. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious God, as the people of God, you call us to be light and salt. You call us to be reflections of you, to be a blessing. There is a hungry world, and we know what feeds there is a thirsty world, and we know the water of life. There is an empty world, and we know the fuel. There is a hurting world, and we know the cure. There is an impatient world, and we have the fruit of the Spirit. God, when we enter into our workplaces when we step out of our garage doors and enter into our neighborhoods, when we sit down at the kitchen table or go into the local restaurant, may we not forget that we reflect you. And maybe, God, if you are so gracious, May we forget what we look like so that we will look more like you. We pray this in the saving name of Jesus Christ. Amen.